0: Please be clean. Please be nice. I'm Anthony Macam. Go on. What? We're, what were seeing? we seeing?
1: We are now live on AM's Radio, Forever FM.
0: Please do not swear. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You've just done on for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lads and lasses, people with glasses, and everybody in between. This is the Macam Football Show. I'm Anthony Macam. Slightly newly out because my key PC completely bust. Um, so, try this new thing, right? On my right is Paul Wilson, and just below on the call is Yorkshire Malcolm. Hello, boys. Welcome along. Good evening. Hello. Hello. <laughs> that's, so, that's so gentle. We're here to talk about a couple of things related to Sunland. We've got to get the elephant out of the room, I suppose, and talk about that horrible, horrible Middlesbrough game. I've done a video... I think everybody in their cat has done a video at this stage. But let's just, we've had a couple of sleeps since uh, since that event's happened. And I'm still <laughs> just as irritated by it as I was the day it happened. What about you, boys? How are you feeling seven days on? Is it seven days on? Six and a half days on from that defeat to Middlesbrough. Uh,
1: I think to start, while well, I'm still upset about it, I'd say the first half it was... Quite a fairly balanced game, to be fair. I think both sides were pretty decent. and it was, I think Roberts had a chance, didn't he, in the first half and mm-hmm. should have really finished it, really. But, of course, he didn't. And then there was the Dan Neal. I think the Dan Neal red card is what did it. Because it was near end of first half. And it's certainly not the team back and the confidence. Because he's quite a crucial player, Yeah, Dan Neal. He's a Sunderland lad. and him being in the middle, I think he's a player that does get the team riled up. Okay, I think it fell from there, didn't it, after that red card?
0: Yeah, yeah. That, the, the, that we were just dreadful. The, the yeah the. Set, I think it's genuinely the first terrible performance that Sunland have had this season, which is, in my humble opinion, okay because we were all pretty much on high momentum before that game, but. We've got perfect excuses, if we, want to, if we want to be honest about it. They are excuses. Our team performed really poorly in the second half, but the excuse is the referee and the third officials weren't doing their job. That's what I'm thinking, and that's what we can delve into a little bit more. But before we do that, Paul, what's your thoughts? <laughs> seven days on.
2: Oof. I'm still a bit... Still a bit upset. Because okay. um, I have been watching, I've actually been watching the game back. Uh, I, I yes. don't know why, but I I have actually been looking at it back. So looking at mistakes and all that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you, Jacob. But the thing is, I spoke to Nick Barnes after the game. Uh, is Nick Barnes actually done the interview with uh, Fans React.
3: Yeah. And I
2: said to Nick Bones, was that actually a red card for Daniel?" Nick Bones reckons that uh, what the referee should have done is actually speak to Dan, you know, like say to him, calm down, mate. Yeah. yeah like, calm, calm down, son.
0: Yeah. That,
2: yeah. That's what uh, the referee should have done before, given, you know, straight the red card to him.
0: I agree, mate. I agree. Uh Elliot's just popped into the chat by the way and says, Anybody got a link to the game? <laughs> Bit late now. Bit late now, yes. Well to be fair, the the, the game does definitely have its own video. And uh, they've got the full 90 available on the Sunland's YouTube channel, by the way. So if you want, I will link that in the description of the of this podcast and video. Um and I can just say Macam Cabby's joined us. Welcome along, Ma Cabby. How are we doing? Oh, good evening.
4: Have you had a good week, all of you? Mm. Yeah, we
1: have. Morning, afternoon, evening.
0: It's, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely been a week. Now that you've jumped in, I'm more than happy for you to uh to tell us how you feel seven days later.
4: Um well, mention what, what Paul Wilson just said there annoyed and uh, I'm I feel I still feel the same. It was the fact like um it was really looking good to be in the second half. I thought like we'll match Middlesbrough. I thought this is this is looking good to mm-hmm. be tasty. Second half. And um you know, right before half time, if you remember me saying on the live stream, Whoa, wow, the players have got the their heads, the hands on top of their heads, I thought I didn't know what was going on, I had no idea. Yeah. Um and then obviously we found out that Daniel got spent off. And just all the goodness and and the hype just got Sucked out of us. It was like the fact. Oh, for God's sake! And it just sensed it in the stadium as well. And yeah. to be honest with you, I I think the lads just felt a bit sorry for themselves, and they let their heads go down. Yeah. Um. But the, but there's there's no there's no really excuse in the second half performance. I mean, yes, you got an advantage, but the way we just we gave in basically, as if to say, yeah. like, yeah, uh, what's the point? We can't do anything with this referee. And um, it was just a shame for all the fans. Up as well. Because it was
0: full, and it was going to be a, it looked like it was going to be a good game, and, and it was just a shame the team just gave it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's not much I can disagree with from what, what all you have said from a Sunderland standpoint. I'm presuming there will be uh, some Bera fans some Smuggies that will uh, will be on the Paul Robb stand. Well, this should have been pulled up, and this should have been pulled up. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, the only things that seem to get actually pulled up and carded were Sunderland things. Um, And the ones that were Borough-related, that definitely should have been a red card. A headbutt attempt, an elbow in the face, all by the same player gets a yellow, and the person who was assaulted gets a yellow as well. Like, it just makes no sense. This referee, for me, was just the uh, catalyst for for excuses.
1: Send him to League One. And by the way, that ref is supposed to be a Premier League ref. Yeah. And he sent off a Fulham player off last season. The Fulham player ran up to him, never said a word, referee just sends him off. Yeah. What's that about? So I think this referee just can't take criticism. If a player shouts at him, oh, send you off, send you off. Yeah. I think that you can't swear at ref, but...
0: You, you can't swear at all, yeah. That's that's too far.
1: You can't... Like, I mean, all Daniel said was that was an effing foul. He didn't call the ref a Ed or C-U-N-T, nothing like that. All he said was, that were an effing foul. That is not abuse at the ref. He's not it's... actually really abusing the ref, is it? He's just. Yes, he's swearing, and he's. Yeah. Not the best well, it. I've,
4: I've just watched the um, the England Australia game there, oh, and there was a free kick to England, and it zoomed in on one of the Australian players, and it was crystal clear the words "effing" clearly came out of his mouth, directed towards the referee. Not a yellow card, not a not a talking to, or
1: anything. It don't make sense, does it? Mm, inconsistency. No. I'd say this referee that we had against Middlesbrough, League Two referee. It should be in referee in League Two or League One, not Premier League or Championship.
0: Uh, see, I'm going to disagree with you there purely because uh, the referee standards in the in the Premier League have dropped off um, a little bit in the last couple of years, and they've become heavily reliant on their assistants. Um, coming in and chipping in and rectifying their mistakes mid-game. So I disagree with that. I think this referee has really good quality, but he's been overly reliant on his tools that are not available in this this division. So he can referee. He absolutely can. He just refereed very, very poorly in this game. Um, He was subpar. Um, He didn't really... (sighs) He didn't he wasn't flexible he wasn't allowing the game to flow and he wasn't protecting the players which is his number one job a referee is to their job is to protect the players not just himself if him if he him himself is threatened by somebody swearing then he shouldn't be a referee i'm sorry it's just the nature of competitive sports you're going to swear in any competitive sport it wasn't directed at him it wasn't directed at any player it was just him the the player calling out a moment and he couldn't take it so that for me was a catalyst for our excuses like uh cabby said like paul said our, our second half performance was so poor and we deserve to lose in that second half it's uh, f- for me like uh, that going down to 10 men everybody in the ground from a southern perspective just dropped their heads and, and, and it and got the tails up of the Borough fans. And I can't blame them. I'd like, be happy with uh the way this the if our team performed like Middlesbrough did in that second half, even if we were playing against ten men, I'd be happy with it. It's just I wouldn't be gloating about it. Uh, before well, before I move
1: even... oh, yeah on for it.
0: Yeah. I just wanna to... That's when
1: we play them again February.
0: Yeah, there's a, there could be completely different teams by then. I just want to call out a couple of people popping into the chat as well, by the way. So Pennywell Pondlet is asked how, how we're going. Uh, A.K. Warrior is uh, saying, what a game. So I'm presuming he, he enjoyed watching that 4-0 defeat. Uh, the um, Then he said England's won. Acacia confirmed England won 1-0 against Australia. Um, Acacia's... Yeah, Acacia's added, me and Paul and Bowers and uh, Acacia's mam were at the game against Borough and that third goal should have been offside. Um, yeah, the third goal was definitely offside. We'll talk into the individual actions throughout that game. Uh, but David the Doofus, sorry, I can hear an echo in the background. Sorry, let me just... So, I think it's cabby. Um He says, can't blame the ref for sending Neil off. You can't swear out the ref. It's a bookable offence. So, absolutely, I, I, I'm I, on board with the referee sending off Dan Neil in that game. 100%. And he was on a yellow, so yep. we
1: do admit, yeah, he could have said it in his head, but...
0: No, it's not. It's, it's, it it it's, wasn't
1: directed at the ref, warrant. it? He, he just said it as in line. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Can't
0: say anything now in football, can you, without the ref having a hissy bit? Well, I think it's this ref, not every, not every other ref. But the the problem for me is the the consistency of it. It was just that one moment that he flagged up for swearing. I, I noticed numerous times where Luke O'Neill was pulling the shirts of uh, the Burrow defenders trying to break through. Um, And that was in the first half, by the way. Um, I noticed the Burrow players kicking at the back heels of players. I noticed swearing happening when the ball went out of play. Um, But for some reason, he picks out one moment. Maybe he has had conversations throughout the game saying, if you continue, I'm going to have to book you. And that's that's all we're flagging up because it's that one... The F and Fell thing, that's a step too far for me. Even if it is a swear, <laughs> like you're allowed to swear you're an adult. If you feel like a moment deserves a, an F, a C, a B or whatever, you can, you can swear. You have the prerogative to do that, but you also have to be conscious as an adult. Anytime you do swear, you are there for, depending on what that swear was, what that insult is, um... Also the burden of the uh, the repercussions of it. So for me, Daniel is 100% to blame for his own yellow cards. The first one was uh, a very firm tackle in like the 17th minute and the second one was just stupidity. So I think over than that, the first half for me was a very close and very tight game. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I think either team could have won it if we stood stayed at 11 people on the pitch for both sides of it. Um as soon as that as soon as that card goes in, seconds before half time, and then literally seconds later, after the whistle's blowing, the the had the handbag incident, I, I like to call it, none of the incidents that in that in in that interaction that should have been and flagged up as a red card were ever actioned upon. So that for me is where this game and that's where I think the Slun players are just going, This referee is not giving us anything. He's already tucked us down to ten men. What's the point? And that's why I think we lost. Not the not the absolutely horrific performance in the second half, because that is a catalyst, but I think it's everybody on that pitch just went, what's the point?
1: Mm. We, I think if Daniel didn't get sent off, it would have been
0: mm.
3: probably
1: would have been a draw, to be fair, wouldn't it? With the way both of us were playing. Especially yeah. in the first half. Yeah. It
0: was, it was... It's
1: nice win. We could have seen three points, but you know, it's all ifs and butts in it at the end of mm-hmm. the day.
2: I can see so where you're coming from with that, Hans, because um, Nick Barnes told me actually after the game that the referee actually had a meeting with Tony Mowbray and Michael Carrick mm-hmm. um, actually well before kickoff. off um, Yeah, just to see how he was going to manage the game. Yeah, OK.
0: I think I know where this is going. <laughs> Go on. <laughs>
2: Nick, uh, Nick actually wouldn't say much, but... Uh, yeah, that the referee actually did speak to both managers, uh, before kick off. Actually, when the referee arrived, mm-hmm. uh, he just spoke to them.
0: Yeah, saying he was going to match it, uh, he's going to get the, the game flow. Yeah, I've I've heard that before as well. Um, it's it's just, I like how we've we've completely had the conversation around the referee in this game and not the actual performance of the team. Um, which tells you a lot about how Sunderland fans perceive that match. If you ask the same question to the Borough, Borough fans, what do you think their number one talking point is? Is it the referee or is it how good they were in the second half? Because my, my edge of guesses is going to be the referee helped them out. What What do you think?
1: If you're, from a Borough perspective, it's probably mainly going to be the performance in it. Really.
0: It should. It should. It should be. It should be about the performance.
1: Yeah, but I won't be surprised if Borough fans say, "No, oh, thank you, Dan Neil, for helping us win." Mm-hmm. Borough I, fans will be probably saying that, won't they?
0: Yeah, Cabby, what do you think of it?
3: I'll let you come off you. <laughs> there you go.
4: No, no. I've actually, sorry. Um, what do I think?
0: Mm-hmm. What The ref. No. Um, the com- the, what, what do you think the Borough fans are talking about more, the performance or the ref?
4: Oh, to be honest with you, I just think they'd they just, they just be talking about the performance, wouldn't they, because they'd just, just um, give us a right tank in the second half. They'd be, they'd be leaving the stadium and, like, "Chuffed, them. they got three points job done.
0: Yeah, three, three points job done. Your mic's cut out a little bit there. I'm not sure what's happened there.
4: No, no. We were, I mean, if we were there down
3: Riverside and that was the we said oh, we were classic and after we
1: swapped Yeah. Yeah. I w- I won't be surprised if we do the same at Riverside if imagine if we win 4-0 and mm-hmm. Middlesbrough get a player sent off before half time
4: be like
0: well to be fair that's kind of how our previous game with Ross Stewart's penalty was panned out. The game was very close, very tight and on a knife edge. Sunderland were slightly better at that point. Um this is what, January now? God. Uh <laughs> nearly a full year ago. So January of this year. It was like it was Ross Stewart's like last full game before he got injured. So it's been a while since that happened. But it's for, for me, it's it does come in waves and round and like maybe we had the benefit in January with that win and the red card going our way, but it was a more open game and suddenly we're looking better whereas this game I think was very much uh it could go either way but as soon as that happened it it was just heavily swayed towards them and that for me is uh is what ruins football a little bit. Um I'm still gonna I'm still gonna like <laughs> watch the next game, watch the game after and complain about the things that should be complained about and enjoy the goals and, and the tackles and, and have a good chat about it. But it's uh it's just a bit yeah. it's it's just happened it, it, has it happened at the worst time or the best time for you because I think it's happened at probably the worst time we've got two weeks to just mull and think and think and think and not really much happens from a from a standpoint, fan standpoint until the next game comes around and we can see if any of those errors have been corrected Paul good time bad time what are you thinking
2: in a way for me it's a bad time but, um, you know, like I, I was... Well, Nick, I was... But after the game, Nick said to me, you know, like, you know as we're saying against Stoke uh, at home, yeah, you know, we actually bounced back uh, after the yeah. game. So uh, the next game, so I wouldn't be surprised. I know Alex Neil is under um, massive pressure at the moment. I wouldn't Ooh. be surprised if he went down there and actually won.
0: Okay. Well, you've naturally brought us on to that that part of the conversation, then. So, um, we've got to these two weeks to build up our squad again, right? And and I think it's the perfect time if we are ever to change our formation, change our our stance, change our tactics. It's this two week break because we've just come off a really heavy defeat. Heads are down. Brad, welcome along.
5: Evening, man, if You all right?
0: Not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Um. Oh. Yeah, I'll just finish off my point and then I'll get your thoughts on it, mate. So the international break for me is, I think, obviously a bad time because we've just lost that 4-0 game um, and we're bullying over it. We don't really know what to do and that's that's our last impression from the club. Um, But next game could be absolutely different and it's a perfect opportunity for us to change up formation, change up the players and get what we've been screaming out for, more strikers on the pitch. We've got four strikers and we're using one for about 60, 70 minutes and then swap, swap the other one in and expecting them to be like 100% the entire time. So there's that to the think about. Brad, you want to quickly uh, surmise what you think about the, the Borough game and then uh, we'll talk about that international break.
5: Yes, of course. Um, Middlesbrough obviously winning those four goals to nil um, last weekend wasn't a joyful one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But um obviously Dan Neil's second general just before half time. Um was it a yellow card? Was it a second yellow card to be sent off? Probably so because um I don't know, but apparently um the referee turned around and well he turned around and said to the ref, he says wiser than F and foul. But yeah many like many football players um Swear a lot on the pitch anyway as it begins. But um, what I thought of last week's performance against Bigglesboro, I thought we were good for the first 25 minutes, half an hour, but seemed like slacking off and seemed like um, quite poor second half. We couldn't get going. Um, Obviously, we would keep scoring and scoring and scoring until obviously it was 4 0 full time and everyone was leaving, I think, in around the 75th, 80th minute.
0: Um can't blame them to be honest, mate. I'd be tempted to run away from that. It's horrible. Um but yeah, I think that you've you've pretty much echoed what we've been saying. There was a couple of extra points in there. I think at half time our players went what's the point? And uh, just give up. Um we didn't really we had one shot on target that entire second half, which I don't think i brought up. It was that uh Abdullah Bar effort, I think, in like the eightieth minute. It was just <sighs> half at the keeper. Was it Abdullah Bar or Patrick Roberts? Oh, we had one. No, Rushin came on and had that shot directly at the keeper in the 80th minute. So, yeah, that's it. Um, Yeah, sorry. Uh, just had a question from Mike. Come in. Welcome along, Mike, mate. Uh, Question. Did we know he's coming back for the Stoke game from injury anyone? So who are we talking about there? Who's coming back from injury? Ekwar. Might be Equal. So uh,
1: it'll be interesting because Ekwa
3: oh, no, is, is now in and with uh, Bradley Duck. Alessi is in Treenan as
5: well.
2: Yeah, but M- M- Mobile was expecting um, Alessi and Meander actually back, hopefully for mm-hmm. Stoke.
0: Yeah, apparently you're not going to the game, Acacia says, and she feels sorry for you.
2: Is that no, right? I, I, I'm not going. Uh, tickets actually sold out completely. Yeah. Straight as soon as the tickets went on sale, gone.
0: Right. So I'll I'll ask a question around what we what, what are we going to be doing over the next seven days? It's been seven days already. What do you think Tony Mowbray is doing right now to rectify the um the terrible performance that we had against Borough, What's happening? I'll go around I'll go around the edges. Yeah, York should go first, then Cabby. All
1: right, just I'd like to think that he'll be regrouping the lads, you know, going over what happened and what went wrong and getting the confidence back in the team so that, you know, can get more free points.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: And ho- ho- I hope, like Paul said, I think earlier, um, I won't be surprised if we go down to Stoke and win. You know, I know it's not good to be going into this break after that defeat But also it's good Because we can regroup And get the confidence back And back to winning ways Hopefully
0: Fingers crossed mate Fingers crossed mm. Gabby what, is, what are your thoughts What What's Mowbray doing now?
4: Um, I think basically um, will <clears throat> he, have already Had a word with, with Dan Dale And just You know Give a bit of a Experience out of Daniel to like you know trying to keep your head cooler and if you can lots harder in these big high-profile derby games and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, I mean you know our form was absolutely superb. I don't think it's really that much change you know apart from, from that because we have been playing some good football. We've been winning quite a few games. Yeah. Um, I'd like us to, to get. I'd like to see them. Um, Bird store and um, Joe get a get a few more goals. They've been a bit quiet these last last few games and stuff. And um, you yeah. know, I hope we he, you address that a little bit more. Maybe inject a bit of confidence into Plus, 'cause I've been reading on social media as well as the fact like it's still being as if I haven't replaced Stewart because the goals are really coming from practically everywhere. But the the striker department and I know we've got mm-hmm. Russian and things like that, but you know, I'm yeah. hoping he'd give Russian a bit more game time because he's only coming on, on like the last seven or eight minutes of the, of the thingy and that, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, when it comes back to me after uh, Brad and Paul's had their, had their say on what Mowbray's doing, I'll um, remind me about, like, I want to talk about that Stuart point a little bit more um, and what I think Mowbray's going to be doing with that. So thank you, Cabby. Uh, Brad, what do you think Mowbray's doing now? Anything different? Beyond what the
5: uh the other two lads are saying. To be honest, um I'm thinking a different point. I think the last seven days, obviously, obviously since the Millers game from last Saturday, I bet you'll probably watch it back, like what they've done wrong. Um and looking to like obviously regroup the lads going into Stoke next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um and probably um obviously what um I think Cabby said having to work with Dan Neil, um about um Obviously, we keep these cool heads on and stuff. Um, I most. Mm-hmm. Oh, go, on, go on. I was
0: just going to say, what? How's that productive in this Stoke game coming up? Because Dan Neal's got his red card. He's he's going to be out for that game regardless. So, how's that productive for us rectifying it? We've got to repair that. So, yeah, my whole point of having a conversation with Dan Neal, I think he knows. Dan Neal knows the most how much he how much he screwed up there. It will be an instant maturity thing he'll he'll learn a lot from that experience but it yeah. doesn't help us with the points though does it no go on not. keep going on mate keep going
5: um you know i forgot my point now what i was going to say <laughs> i forgot the rest of my bloody point <laughs>
0: fair enough <laughs> While while you're remembering, I'll uh, I'll get Mike's comment in here. He says, "I believe Mowbray should have stacked the back up once we went down to ten men, and just defend for the rest of the game. Keep it um keep it a new school." And he failed to do that. Um, I do hold Mowbray a bit accountable for how we um. But how we performed in that second half, I I, I think, it, yeah. Like I said, I'll let you guys crack on, but uh then i then i'll chip in with everything i i think needs to happen before we uh we we go on to plan a sailing again. So brad have you have you remembered what your point, point is now?
5: <laughs> just trying to think um egg. um nah be to stalk
0: you gone we had to talk sleep last night fair enough gone. fair enough mate get yourself a nice little uh, pint of beer or something tonight as well
3: old age Bradley, um, old age
0: <laughs> how, how old are you, Brad? 32? Only 20. Hey, 20, You're only 28, fair enough. <laughs> we'll not do the age game here, shall we? Um, Paul, Paul, what's your thoughts? What should Mowbray be doing in this two-week gap?
2: Uh, do you not think Mowbray will probably be working on formations? Plus, I actually think, because uh, Niall Huggins came off, Uh, he came off injured. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Again, Morberry might be checking on him because we haven't actually had any injury updates on him uh, at the moment.
0: Yeah. So that's very succinct and to the point, um, Paul, but I kind of agree with you. So my title of this podcast might give it away what I think should happen a little bit. Uh, We need a holiday. Our team needs a little bit of rest, so I would say rather than go to the defeat and then instantly tell the team how crap they are, I think they should have like a couple of days off. So I would, I would think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, just have off, no training, reflect in yourself, and come back to work with the uh, with the idea of let's improve ourselves. So I think the the, the players will have had a little bit of a break um, from that like, fix yourself, fix yourself. Because if you have 12 to 13 days of that um, at work and then you come in for the next game against Stoke and all you've been told is that and then you don't deliver in the first 10 minutes, that gets your head dropped again. So I I think a holiday is a good thing, but then also I kind of feel like the team, because they're so young, need to do a lot of work around their mental strength. Um, The... Heads dropping at halftime for me is just a sign of very is immaturity. It happens a lot in football, but the fact that we did it so poorly in that second half was not the team that I'm used to seeing this season. We're a confident, free-flowing football team, and every decision was going our way, and everybody felt it. But so what? It happens to other teams all the time. It happens to us all the time. It's happened to us loads in the past. But for some reason, this 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 bunch of players didn't really take it on board and go, you know what? Not every not every decision going to go our way. Keep our heads to it and, and like build each other up. Just do what Berah did essentially. <laughs> essentially, if they if the referees giving away, um, not giving like yellow cards for kicks at the shin, r- repeat it. Do what they're doing to us. Like mirror what the other team are doing, and hopefully then the referee goes, actually, yeah. They did do that as well. So maybe like just be a little bit smarter, be a bit more tactically minded. But then to your last point, um well formations I think need to change. Uh and this is yeah, thank you, Gabby, as well. So this is the this is the other point. So to get two strikers on, um, that's where Ross Stewart was excelling when it was him and um him and Sims on the pitch or Gelhart towards like the the last couple of days, or um yeah, basically when there was two up front, Ross Stewart was absolutely thriving. We didn't really play a four 4-2, two a four two three one with Ross Stewart up front. We always played like a, a four four two like a four two 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 two. Like it was like four in the middle, two central defensive midfielders, two on the wing, and two up front. That way, Ross Stewart was able to thrive because he had somebody somebody else was like dragging the defenders out of the way. Whereas our current formation with that one up front, it's not allowing those those strikers to thrive. So that's that's what I think is going to be doing a lot of work on as well when they're back from that holiday that I think they need. Formation and like bringing these new lads up front into the game more. Um Burstow's nearly there. He's had some fantastic games. He just hasn't put the ball in the back of the net. Rusin should be there pretty much tomorrow. Um, I can sit like it's just a language barrier for him. He's a quality player. Um, Lewis Samia Tamiya is a confidence thing. So again, mental health work. But um, Mayenda, we haven't seen anything from him. I kind of forget he's even there. But (laughs) he's an option. He's a backup option if one of those three don't go. So I think there's a lot of work to happen between now and that Stoke game. But that's just me. Thank you very much for everybody for listening to that mini rant. Um, So we mentioned it as well about... Alex Neil being the next manager and being under pressure. I don't know who who brought that up. Was that was that you, Jacob? or Was that you, Paul? I can't remember.
2: I don't know. I it was, think it was uh, was me. Uh, yeah. What I what I told you the other day.
0: <laughs> yeah. The, wh- where are they currently sat in the league. Stoke.
3: Are they eighteenth
0: Stoke? <laughs> oh, that was a voice break, buddy. <laughs> you all right? Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's let's see how low they are. They are no. They're twenty first. They're just outside of the relegation zone oh. on ten points, minus six goal difference, three wins, one draw, seven loss, which is um, yeah.
1: We're it's October and they've not had many wins. That's concerning. If I were a Stoke, then I'd be yeah. yeah, it, it yeah. Be. He's only had ten
2: points. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The thing is, another three points, and he he, he looks a little bit better. And Watford are in the in the crap, but essentially what we're playing is is Watford two If we can, yeah. yeah, if we just don't drop our heads, this is a team on paper. Again, on paper <laughs> that we should be beaten. They're struggling. They're down there for a reason. We need to find out where they've where they've had their weaknesses, or where they're likely to try and improve and still exploit those weaknesses. Um, what what's what? <laughs> so they've got a win recently. Was that the Cardiff game? Does anybody know? Stoke. Oh. Yeah, Stoke.
2: Oh,
0: so- Southampton. Southampton. Oh god. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Which again, that's a that's a bit of a strange team this season. Oh,
2: no, it wasn't. It was Leicester.
0: They beat Leicester. Yeah.
2: Two nil. Lost uh, two nil to Leicester. Team.
0: Yeah, so who was the last team Stoke built Stoke beat Southampton, right? Okay. You, you just threw in a really odd name there, Paul. I was like I'm pretty sure Leicester's only lost one game and it wasn't against Stoke. Paul, it
5: wasn't Southampton,
0: mate, it was Bristol City. Okay, so <laughs> Ah, so that even that was a tight game and they're mid table right now. I hmm, I don't know. I don't know how to read it. Because, obviously, it's the ex-manager. Last season, they absolutely slapped us at the Stadium of Light. Is it a time for revenge? Is it a time for just level-headedness? What What do you think we should be going into this game with the approach of?
1: Probably level-headedness, because we don't want to have a repeat of uh, middles do we're doing. But also maybe a little bit of revenge as well, mm-hmm. for what they did was at the Stadium of Light. But mainly level-headedness, in my eyes.
0: Yeah. Again, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Jim, welcome along, also said that the second half of that Barrow game uh, showed how good Dan Neal was as a sole defensive midfielder. Um, I'm, tempted, I'm tempted to juggle around our current formation to have another defensive midfielder in there, somebody like Luke Nine. Would you agree with that? Would you think Luke O'Neill's a good replacement at the midfield position when he's... Pretty much preferred as a centre back right now. Kind of a strange one.
1: Um, I mean, he, he was midfielder for the first season of the League One, wasn't he? And he, mm-hmm. he did pretty good. So maybe give him a bit of a chance in midfield and sort out the defence. I'll change that up a bit. So yeah, maybe put 09 in midfield and then have maybe
3: Triantis and. So maybe
0: in the backs, like that. yeah. So I can tell you right now which form. Like it depends on who's fit, really. But I can tell you exactly right now which formation I would go with. It would. It wouldn't be the four four two. It would be free at the back, free holding central defensive midfielders because we've got Huggins out injured. Um, we've just have lots of left backs that they're currently out injured, so we need to go to a back free. I would keep, um, obviously, keep ballarding because he's a beast. Um Keep all nine there, and I'd also add uh, Sealed in there as well, and get those free as a central central free playing D and D L. That for me is uh, is a good shout. W- would you Would you go to back three, or would you Would you try and stick it yeah. back four?
1: Probably
0: back three, like you said. Ballard and oh. Ballad at the back. Keep Ballard at the- mm What about What about Hume? What about um, Who else plays Huggins? Like w- what you what are you thinking, Paul, Brad, Gabby? what would you do defensively going forward?
5: I'm questioning. Um yeah, yeah, I will go for a back three, but what would you do? Would you play a three would you play a three four three? Would you play a three five two? Or would you would three would
0: you go? Um, three five two because midfield is where the majority of the game is played. And if we've got more players in there, it's harder to defend against it. One of the defenders can always yeah. run back and help support the defense if we're up on boarded. So, yeah, that's why I'll go three five two. Yeah,
5: play a wing back system. Yeah, it will be good
0: at that. And let's face it, Patrick Roberts might not be able to be the the wing back option, but the, the Bar definitely could down that right side. Clark can do whatever he wants <laughs> on the on the left. So, um, yeah, I think
2: Clark will attack them again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, so, here's a different question about about that. Rather than rather than like go into the nuance of who's starting because obviously we've got a week of training and, and there could be more injuries or people recovering in that time. But if we do go out against Stoke and go all out and absolutely slap them, do you think that's the end of Alex Neal's career? There.
3: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's a simple answer from two of you Uh, Paul, Cabby yes
0: yeah Cabby mate are you still here or are you doing family life I'll give you two seconds I think you're still doing family life I'm not sure you know I think as soon as Stoke City get leapfrogged by QPR that's when Alex Neal's career that stoke might come to an end so
1: that it, should be an interesting game though because both managers are in hot water out there gareth ainsworth and alex neil so
3: mm-hmm.
1: that should be an interesting game in my opinion QPR and stoke, quite a defining yeah game. it will go first
0: I, I find it quite interesting that i'm talking about managers getting sacked as like a, a common thing that's a good thing for football but it's really not um was it a couple of weeks ago? I was saying who's going to get sacked first? Um, Cisco, um, Cisco Roverham's manager. I can't remember his name. Or uh, Matt, Taylor. Matt Taylor. Yes, Cisco, um, Cisco Nunes, Matt Taylor, or Michael Carrick, and obviously Michael Carrick's gone four wins in the league on the bounce. So obviously that was a bad, bad call. But Rotherham and Sheffield United. Sheffield United won that bet, I guess, um, because they've only got three. <laughs> <laughs> Three points after eleven games. Um yeah. Sheffield Rob- United. Sheffield United. Sheffield-, she- Sheffield Wednesday. You know what I mean? They're both sheffields Sheffield- are- Sheffield. this season. I, I keep forgetting <laughs> it's two there's two can they have a different name? Different city. I don't know. Um yeah, I keep getting them mixed up. I don't do it with Man United and Man City because they're distinct in my eyes, but both Sheffield teams. Oh I just don't like playing either of them because they always seem to slip up. Um, but yeah, the one manager's already been sacked, and I think the next one could be either Watford's, Rotherham's, or Stork's. Is there any other managers that you think are in the in the chopping line?
1: Uh, Gareth Ainsworth and QPR. QPR.
0: I, I, I kind of feel like he's going to stay at the club, even if they literally win no more games for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he...
1: Manager, though, is he Ainsworth? He's here, League one at best. He should have stayed at Wickham because he's done decent for Wickham. He has done a good. He did do a good job at Wickham, but yeah, you know, it's, it's one of them things in football, isn't it?
0: And so,
5: so,
0: did they actually sack his? Did they did they sack the manager, or did they just like? Mutually consent to like swapping them around because they're quite they're high flying at the minute, and Rooney could screw it up like he did against when he went to Derby. Oh, he
5: actually sat them
0: That's really bizarre. Why would your second manager, when you sat
3: sick, that's really weird. <laughs> Elabor- elaborate, elaborate, right? Don't go on mute. He's got a mute now, isn't he? Of course, he has.
2: Only oh. I, mean, I read law that there was there was some behind the scenes was that um, mm-hmm. I I don't think the owner got on well with the head coach. That's why they got rid of him.
0: Got yeah okay. So it's just pers- It's about personal relationships, not performance.
2: Yeah, I think it is okay. But it's interesting though, because that the the other one was head coach, and now Rooney's been given manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're, they're they're looking for. I
0: saw the other day and they're looking for a director of football. Uh, yeah, I think something with uh, Birmingham is just not quite right still. Even though they're so high and they're, they're performing really well for once, there's still something like just off the mark with them. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is their owner. Maybe it is their um, C-suite, their board, their board of directors. I don't know. But their players are performing and that's all that really matters On the end, of, at the end of the day. Everybody else looks good because the players on the pitcher getting three points here and there yeah. yeah that that is what it is ted sin 6-0 to Sunderland. we're not even playing a game this week mate but yeah <laughs> we going to win 6-0 um jim sin lugo nine and are fit as um holding midfielders i think that's not a bad shout you know uh do you know what i'll do you no know i'll do i'll put in my ideal um, my ideal starting 11 for Stoke as a community post after this um, I'll I'll draw it up or whatever do a photoshop so you can see what I would think is good if everybody's fit versus what I think's realistic maybe I'll do that is there anybody in the squad though that you think should be starting who hasn't been Ooh. silence is that a, is, a, is that a resounding no
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I want to say Rusin I know he doesn't speak English but I think he should be starting he only seems to come on for the last 20 minutes
3: yeah might start him against Stoke Uh, probably might actually go Mm,
1: let's give him a shot
0: and was it the was it the Cardiff game where we lost 1-0 and he was literally lining up to come on and then they scored their only goal of the game yeah. Yeah. He would
1: have done be... on that.
0: I mean, no, it's happened a lot more, but it seems to be typical for us. Yeah. Um, I I don't know what to do. I genuinely don't know what to do from a from a change standpoint at, at this club at the minute. When are we getting a little bit too carried away? Um, in terms of this 4-0 defeat being a catalyst for there's been a lot of issues. It, you've got to bear in mind, we've we've won six out of our 10 opening games. We're sat in fourth. We've just had one terrible performance. Is there any reason in your head that you think that that is going to continue and going to drop down the league? I'll go to Paul first, and hopefully everybody else has had a bit of a think.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: should we start panic mode? Nope.
0: Nope? Okay, cool.
2: Not, not for me. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't press panic.
0: When, when would you start press panic? Because we've got a couple of games coming up, haven't we? Let me just pull them up and see who we've got. Um, we've got Stoke, obviously, next Saturday at um, the Bet365 Britannia uh, Wind Tunnel, whatever you want to call it, Stadium then it's, it's um left at a good point as well. yeah then the following week we're away to Le- let's say a following week the tuesday evening we're in leicester
3: mm.
0: if we lose to stork we're likely to lose to leicester
3: are you starting to panic at game three not really uh, oh no no
0: no. So, so you 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 think it would be okay if we lose against Stoke Leicester and then basically win only at Watford in October? I, I'm, I don't know. I'd, I'd start to panic a little bit.
2: We'll we'll turn it around, dance.
0: I think so. But you I just don't what, like the jinx. It. We'll, Go on, Brad. Sorry.
5: I think we'll actually got to we'll draw against Leicester, and you know, I've got a foggy feeling because look at what Burnley did last season; they won nearly all their, their games. Mm-hmm. Drew? drew, who
3: knows? Okay. never a dull moment at Sunland, is it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm all Can right you talk about the um
1: Perlman thing in a bit. And the uh, the water
0: Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're approaching like the hour, mate. So yeah, let's let's talk about the club's future, shall we? Um, off the pitch. Uh, yeah, go for it, mate. You you've got a better update and better better knowledge of the new non-director than I have. Um, because I just saw one Twitter post, and you you know a little bit more than <laughs> more than me. So go for it.
1: Well, it was announced uh, yesterday that uh, Leo Perlman. Is joining the board of directors at Sunland, undertaking the role of a non-executive director, and it's a, and he's a lifelong Sunland supporter and co-founder, managing partner of the Fullwell 73 production. So... I'd and I say that's good news. We, we've got a Sunland fan who's on the board, and I think it's good to have that, a, like an actual fan on the board who will understand the club and the fans and the area, you know.
3: So...
2: It was good news, I say, you know. Mm. Maybe if it, maybe so. if it,
3: me-
2: I was actually listening. Um, he told Nick Barnes that, you know, the last two episodes of Wembley, when we got promoted, yep.
0: Yeah, they
2: exactly. are going on Netflix. He has confirmed.
0: Nice. Hi, guys, yeah. I'm back. Um, the only... kids came
2: downstairs. It was a bit
4: noisy. I couldn't go live.
0: How dare they? Oh, dare... I mean, yeah.
3: We Get
4: a trailer. Is there any news on a
1: trailer coming out, or when it might be out? Season three.
0: Is it be? Is it season three, or is it just two episodes?
1: It's two episodes, but they've confirmed it's it's season three.
0: Christmas special. That's
1: Christmas. October twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's cr- when they confirmed it.
0: Christmas special. Cabby. Hello. Have you have you heard the news about our new non-executive director?
4: I wouldn't know who he was if he came in naked Hoover in the living room carpet.
0: I mean, you'd be a lot more concerned if a man just randomly walked into your living room naked. Well,
4: I would. I, I would. I, it's a good, I never thought about that one. Yeah. You're right. Yeah.
0: But it doesn't matter who he is. He's naked in your living room. Get out.
4: Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Call the
1: police.
0: Oh, uh, funny. Um. You've missed a couple of talking points for, throughout it, but the the synopsis from what I'm getting from from Jacob there is this: the, the owner of the media company that recorded the Sun Until I Die series has joined the club as a non-exec director. Now, right. from what I understand from a, what a non-exec director does is all they do is advise the club on how to do certain things, So I'm going to take that as a really positive sign now knowing that it's the Fulham 73 CEO. If it's the Fulham 73, like owner, CEO, man MD, whatever his job title was, he knows a lot about how to promote the club, promote the business and communicate with broadcasters. So that for me is a huge change for the club in how to communicate broadcasting and a huge revenue stream for the club. So I'm taking that as a huge positive. What about you?
4: Absolutely. If if, if, if any any minute change that's going to improve the club, no matter what it is, then I'm all up for that. Absolutely.
3: Good.
2: Paul? Yeah, I'm pleased with that. He's not the only one that's, I think,
0: got that role for the club. Doesn't David Jones have it, who's like a Sky Sports presenter as well?
2: Yeah, David Jones is actually on the board. I think he helps with the transfers, I think.
0: That makes no sense to me, but yeah. (laughs) Fair enough.
5: Brad? Yeah, basically going brief, I totally agree with what you've just said there, Ralph. Basically, I think it's really good for the club.
0: Now, time will tell if we're we're all, like, overly optimistic about that or not, because we've had some (laughs) other owners. And let's face it, there, there is an owner that I'm embarrassed to say I was optimistic when they came in um, and I shouldn't be do you know, do you know what I mean Methane. Nope. is that it
1: nope. Ellis, Short.
0: Ellis Short I was really excited to see Ellis Short come in because he, he promised a lot of injection of cash and flow into the club and it kind of just he did that he definitely did that like we've got the academy like training ground outside you've got the, the, uh, the, the what's it called the hotel as well so he's definitely put like invested in the area, but <sighs> you've just got to take a pinch of salt with some of the owners, right, and some of the directors that come into the club. I'd just like to see what what they're capable of before I get too excited going forward. But
2: and I just see on the academy, Ellis Short didn't actually build that.
0: The the box that's outside of it, the beacon, the beacon, say, the beacon, beacon. Of light. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was Bob. That was uh, Bob Murray.
0: Was it?
1: Yes.
3: Yeah
0: uh, making a Bob Murray by, um, Bob Murray's got a um, New book that's released now So yeah, a nice um, Christmas present For us Sunland fans Yeah What's it can't called? Be... can't remember And uh, I do it all and again it And I do it
5: all again That's a That's a, that's a funny one I like that Wasn't making Sunland fans down today In the Sunland shop At 12 o'clock To get it all To
2: get it all signed
0: That's To be fair That's pretty classy I don't mind that at all um. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because uh, as I was telling you earlier, and um, Bob Murray uh, actually confirmed to Radio Newcastle last night that Carillery Dreyfus is mm-hmm. going to invest uh, more actually into the club and actually into the city centre.
0: I don't know how. Yeah. How does that? I like that too, but I actually just want to know what they more investment means because you can literally throw ten pence and that's more investment. Do you know what I mean? What does that actually mean? <laughs> have you have you seen any of that?
3: Slow,
1: slowly, 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 slowly catch a monkey
2: out. That's what I say to that. Not in the weird, but um, what? like what Bob Murray said because Bob's probably Bob said last night that before KLD actually came our owner. Mm-hmm. Um, KLD actually phoned up Bob Murray, um, and actually asked about the football club. because uh, as you know, Bob is a uh, is a big Sunderland oh, supporter. Man. Um, and Bob actually um, offered advice, uh, to KLD, and now he's got mm-hmm. Bob. Um. KLD is now on the board of directors of the Foundation of Light.
0: Oh, he's breathing uh, his way back in. I like it. <laughs> he's not daft, is he? This Bob Murray, he's not daft at all. Um, fair enough. Is
1: there anyone else you'd have on the board, Anth? Would you have maybe uh, bring back uh, now Quinn and put him on the board along?
0: No. And maybe um, the
1: Ball and Phillips.
0: No, I I do I do think I do think Nal Quinn has the best intentions for our club. He still cares about the area because we cared about him. Um and I think Lugo Nine in the future would be a good like direct comparison of Niall Quinn as well. I think he would absolutely still have
4: love Phil Jones on board. He's the uh, this the
0: sky Bondit. David Jones, yes. Yes.
4: Sorry, David Jones, is he
0: still a is he still part of the club? Isn't isn't yeah, yeah, he's still part of the club, he's still a non non exec director.
4: Uh, he's, a, he's actually a Sunderland fan as well.
0: Yes. is. Does that make them a little bit less suited for our club? Or does it make them more suited? Being a Sunderland fan in the director role, do you want them to have just pure business mind or do you want them to have the like the heart of the club in, in their decisions?
1: You want both, won't you? But to be fair, all Sunderland fans have different visions for the club, so not everyone will be agree with uh, Leo's mm. still the thing in it but I'm sure the majority of fans will be happy with him than fans who are not you know what I mean the,
0: the reason I ask that is you've got other clubs that are very very successful where the owners do not cl- like do not care about the club at all but they care about profit
1: yes Arsenal Stan Cronkley Newcastle would that be an example
0: yeah. Liverpool, Man City. There's absolutely loads that just like they've made their clubs super successful. I wouldn't say Spurs anymore. Uh, Spurs had a club like a, a ownership that would like very invested in um in in the club and the brand, but now it's just purely about profit. So mm. But uh, it's
1: happened before and it's fans who have joined the board at clubs and you know I know other clubs have done it, haven't they? Yeah. Hands on board on on the board or
0: whatever, yeah. G- Jim's saying uh, this, this type of conversation's also popped up in the Wise Men Say podcast. Um, Bob Murray didn't rate Ellis short but rates KLD. So, sorry,
1: that's got to be something in it,
0: yeah. In a I'd
3: like,
1: huh? like to hear his thoughts on Donald and Mephane. Bob Murray, I wonder what he'd say. Probably
2: a lot it, of swearing, but, you know. Is it
0: Sartori it was, Santori that's still with with us, so we feel Like a good chunk of yeah. worship? What's his name?
2: Yeah, it's I I like Sartori. Sartori,
0: Santori, yeah.
2: Yeah, T- uh, Bob Murray actually doesn't like uh, both Donald and Charlie. Uh, Charlie and Donald. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't like them. Donald Duck. Donald Duck and Salmon Pants. And uh, the reason, well, he tried to go through it last night. Uh, the reason why he just made make Ellis Short mm-hmm. was because Bob Murray reckons that Ellis Short apparently took the goalkeeper money.
3: Oh, okay.
5: To do what?
2: <laughs> <But> <laughs> to do what? That, that goalkeeper money actually went to Short and got back to the club.
0: Oh, that's dodgy.
1: Well, he's not coming back Ellis Short. I don't know what he's doing now.
0: You, oh, doesn't I'm he own another I he, he, he think he owns another club that's in like league one or two or something like that I can't remember but good luck to them if, if he does <laughs> uh, it might be non-league actually but I think I'm pretty sure he owns another club now it's just like said, no, I think
1: he's doing some in business that's out, That's not even to do with football I think he's got a business now
0: <laughs> Bob uh, Murray's it's... definitely not a fan of Donald and Methen says Jim that's funny um it's just, I find it quite bizarre how much like personal relationships impact the club's future. Like, could you imagine if, um, you, you mentioned it earlier on, but uh, this was off the call, like players like Mvilla stayed if Sam Allardyce was here. Like if did, like those kind of relationships, yeah, all of these hypotheticals that could impact the future just because one player's here and this manager here. Like, very recently, you had Lee Johnson and uh, Chris Maguire. They didn't get along, so Chris Maguire left, and then two months later, <laughs> Lee Johnson sacked. But Chris Maguire would have had a much better career if he stayed with us than if he went to Lincoln. You know what I mean? It's kind of... Is he still at Lincoln now, or has he gone to
1: another club? Maguire?
0: I have no idea. But, like, as soon as he, as soon as he scored those three goals, I completely forgot he existed for well, up until this conversation, really. But it's yeah, so. Chris,
2: it's... Chris McGuire's joined uh, Donald's team. Easily.
0: <laughs> there you go. So, like I said, it, I just find it very fascinating how like people are drawn to other people rather than the clubs, um, in the professional side of it. In any so, um, imagine the amount of players that would have loved our club if we had different managers at the time. Do you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah.
1: When yeah. the rumour was Sean at one point. I think it was when Allardyce had already gone.
3: Mm. Sean Dyche
1: was, rumored, was in talks with Ellis
3: Sharp.
1: Yeah. So imagine, imagine Sean Dyche at Sunderland. That would have been good.
0: Oh, no, mate. I need some lemon. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you just no, made no. me want to do his bloody voice.
1: Sean Dyche,
0: yeah, Sean Dyche. They, he, he, does, he doesn't say his name as often as people do his impression. Um, but... yeah,
2: well, I kind of get on that, though. The club actually was looking at, looking at Paul Clement as well. He
0: mm. yeah no thank you I'm sorry uh-huh. I mean I'd be okay if he did a good job when he comes in like very much like I wasn't sold on Alex Hill until he started doing a good job and then obviously snake man but yeah, uh, yeah. I think managers have to win the win the club over rather than the other way around
1: and I think Mowbray did that because some fans weren't mm-hmm. too happy about his appointment but
0: uh, you know? yeah, I wasn't I wasn't upset with Mowbray's appointment, but I wasn't on the, like, Mowbray's going to be class bandwagon straight away. You know what I mean? I, well, I was, like,
1: After doing more research on him about what he did at West Brom and Blackburn, I thought to myself, do you know what? Good appointment. It doesn't seem that bad.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem too bad. No. Yeah. So, um... We have another one of these podcasts between now and before the start of the Stoke City game. So if you do have any questions or conversation points that you have in mind, let me know. Or pop them in the comment section on the YouTube video and we'll talk about them next Friday. Uh, we are over the hour, so I do want to start wrapping it up.
1: Our predictions.
0: No, we don't. we don't. No, we don't, because we've got score predictions for next week that we can do because it'll literally be the day before day before the Stoke game. So we can we can hold off on score predictions until next week. So
1: yeah. yeah. Things can change
0: that. Exactly. If you want to um if you want to subscribe to my channel on YouTube, it's just Anthony Macam. Uh the Macam Cabby, same thing there. Paul is with uh, RWA Productions and Yorkshire Macam is Yorkshire Malcolm so you want to want, want, want to want to tune in um do that thank you very much but well, I'll wrap it up there thank you very much hello lads and see you next week bye oh I haven't got, I haven't got the button anymore so I have to end up manually
3: bye